Hi, I'm Andre Zanoda, and you're listening to the Dallas Soccer Show. Dallas Soccer Show. In this episode, we'll be going over some of the off-season roster movement for FC Dallas. We'll be joined by FC Dallas Technical Director Andre Zanata later in the show. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. I'm Dustin Nation, and I'm here with Tristan Vick. Howdy, Tristan. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Um, Jonathan Rosnamarina Gurkovic. How, how close was I? Warm? I, that, that was horrible, Dustin. You can just call me Jonathan. Jonathan. <laughs> I'm going to try every episode uh, and eventually maybe I'll get it and then I get a prize, right? Something like that. Yes. Okay. And, and joining us this, this episode and all season long, making his first appearance as a Dallas soccer show, regular contributor. It's Nico Mendez. How's it going, Nico? Hey, Dustin. Thanks for the opportunity. Oh man. We're glad to have you. Uh, gentlemen, speaking of being glad, I am so glad to be back here with y'all. Uh, we've had, a little bit of a rest over the past few months. Uh, and I don't know about you, but I'm super excited to get the season started. But before we get things started, we have a bit of an announcement to make pertaining to the podcast. Uh, for the 2021 MLS season, the Dallas Soccer Show will be joining the Striker Texas team. Uh, in addition to the written content they're putting out at thestrikertexas.com, uh, they've got a podcast network that's focused on various teams and leagues in Texas soccer. And we're proud to say that we are going to be their FC Dallas focused podcast. So if you'll remember last season, we ended the season talking to John Earl and he kind of teased the project that he was working on. Um, that project turned out to be the striker. Uh, but now it's up and running and here to tell us more about what fans can expect to see and hear from the striker is executive director and co-founder Roberto Silva. Welcome to the show, Roberto. Well, thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have a, such an amazing, dedicated, you know, group of soccer fans and FC Dallas fans, you know, doing uh, such a cool project like you have on the, on the podcast and bringing you to the striker, Texas is is really, a, I think, a win-win for everybody. You know, it's a win for the Striker Texas. I think we're going to be able to support and help grow the podcast and definitely a win for, for the FC Dallas fans. Absolutely. So why don't you fill us in uh, where you guys landed um, with the Striker and what y'all are up to and and all of that. Give us the yes. spiel. Yeah, so, so, so the Striker Texas... Uh, it was born by, you know, a, a group of people that are lovers of soccer, just like you guys are. But I think the main thing is the fact that we believe that soccer is bigger in, in our state and even in our country, but in our state, much bigger than what the traditional mainstream media gives value to it. You know, and, and we felt that there was a gap between that you know that the desire of of quality soccer news to the to the fans and to the population you know the, from 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 the youth soccer college amateur usl you know mls everything and we felt that the media overall media didn't give that attention to 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 
to to our sport, the sport that we love. Uh, like like John Arnold says, you know, the sport that we love in the state that we call home, right? And I think that's a that's a good phrase that describes, you know, a lot of of our focus is 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 that. So the Striker Texas comes to be the best coverage of every level of soccer in our state. So we we aim to be that best coverage, and and to to get to that point, there's some things that we we had to do uh, uh, very well, right? I usually say that you know, for some levels, anything that we do is good because there's already no coverage whatsoever. So anything that we do would be better, but there were some levels that we would need, really need to excel ourselves. And the coverage of MLS is one of them, right? You know, so uh, we have, you know, three full-time writers on three, for three MLS teams, I think is the best average of any media outlet in the United States. I don't think anybody has that kind of coverage. Uh, we're going to have those reporters, you know, it's Chris Bills in Austin, John Arnold's in Dallas, and Victor Ariza in Houston, going to every training session that, they, uh, that, that the clubs allow us to be there. We're traveling with the teams for to do away coverage. And, and we were really looking and, and seeking to add multimedia concepts, right? And the podcasts were a big part of that coverage, that quality coverage also. And that's where you guys come in. We really want to have, like you said, a network of, of good quality podcasts. And, and we're very happy to, to partner with you. And, and I think there is only good things moving forward for all of us. Yeah. We're excited, excited to be part of that. Um, I, I just remembered y'all had a, um, a soccer symposium or a, a, a conference recently, didn't y'all? Yeah, we did the soccer, the Texas soccer summit, you know, summit, uh, that's the word. Yes. Yes. Yeah. When we, when we were deciding how to launch, you know, and what to do for our, to, to, to show our community, you know, how strong and how committed we were to, to, to educate people about the sport. Right. Uh, uh, we say that our mission as a company is to, develop the sport of soccer in our state and for that you know we need to educate people about the sport if that education is to that hardcore mls soccer fan that's now going to get more information about his team or if it's a mom going to a soccer youth soccer game on the weekend for the first time the striker texas comes to deliver more and more education about about the sport and we decided what better way to do than than a summit and initially, the summit was supposed to be one day, you know, maybe two or three panels. And all of, all of a sudden, it started growing and growing and growing. And we got to a point where we, we did 20 panels. It was uh, four days, five hours per day, uh, with over 60 stakeholders of soccer in our state. You know, from, you know, Zanota, that's going to be a guest on the show today. You know, uh, uh, Andy Logan, uh, president of Austin FC. Cobb Hummels from Houston, you know, a, a ton of players from all the MLS teams, from, from the dash, on the youth side, college side. It was really very impressive. We were very happy on how the com soccer community embraced what the Striker Texas wants to do. And we were able to show that uh, we're here to, to stay and in a very strong manner uh, to help grow the sport. Uh, with that, I think that was a, a good welcome card that we gave to the market and the market gave it to us also, you know, I know all those people trusting us on what we were doing at that point, it really showed us that we were on the right track and that uh, soccer is, uh, is, is, is stronger than, like I said, than the mainstream media believes uh, it is. 
Yeah, I got to listen to part of that uh, driving down I-35 uh, away from Austin uh, up to up to Dallas. But are those recordings? Are there, do you have recordings of those? Are they still available? They're still available. If you go to TexasSoccerSummit.com, you can watch all 20, all 20 panels. Uh, they're still available there. You just put your email and and get it, create your login. Uh, it's a, it's free of cost, and that was something that we really wanted to do with that summit to really deliver that content uh, uh, to as many people as possible. And I gotta tell you, uh, there's so many good panels out there. Uh, it's it's I really you know would tell people, hey, if you have some time, go there, check it out, this Texas Soccer Summit. And of course, tech, uh, you know, all the panels are also available within the Striker Texas. Uh, you can also find them uh, with with our platform, but um, like I said, I like you know it's it's been now about forty five days that the platform is up and running, and there's already a lot of content, very good content for by a group of you know about twenty people that are involved generating content for the Striker Texas at this point from all over the state. And the quality is, is very good, and we don't even have games going on yet. Actually, we had a couple of preseason games at this point, but uh, overall, we can we can only imagine what we're going to be able to do when the season is really up and running, when the youth tournaments are going on the way that you know they they should be. Uh, and so we're we're very excited. I, I think one of the the uh, sessions that kind of interested me the most revolved around kind of. Sp- sports and mainstream or soccer and mainstream media and how um how to increase soccer's presence in in mainstream media can you give us a sneak preview of what came out of there that session yeah no i i it was it, it, it was a very very interesting media right uh a uh, uh, summit uh panel i'm sorry and and i and i think we we, we kind of directed that panel the way we wanted in, in, in many ways. I think we were a little bit selfish when we created that, that panel to start with uh, just because, you know, I truly think that it's going to be hard at this point for soccer to really, you know, create the space that we all think that it deserves on, on the mainstream media. So well, I, I do believe that the mainstream media is going to be out there. It's going to do the main coverage of, of the main events and the main moments of soccer but we do believe that you know uh if somebody really wants to to have full coverage and full knowledge of of the sport they're going to have to go to a platform like the striker texas right and 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 hopefully we're not going to be the only one hopefully you're going to have other platforms like this where you can really go and 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 get in-depth uh and 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 quality news about soccer uh you know we we say it you know the striker Texas for us does something very simple. It covers soccer the way soccer is covered in every country in the whole world. And maybe like football or basketball is covered in the U S you know, we really giving a, a good in-depth focus and, and giving that you know quality and, and, and information of all levels. Uh, uh, today, if we think about it, if you really want to have information about soccer, you got to go to the source. You, you go to the club itself or to the league. And there's always, we can't hide. There is a bias on, 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 that, on that content in some kind of way. So I think having an independent platform like we have, you know, really gives us even more credibility for even those good informations that comes from the clubs. Now that it's coming from an independent source, 
that really is there to to cover the sport the way it should should be covered. So, uh, and and that was a little bit what came out of that uh, of that panel, uh, where some of some of the editors for of the mainstream media were actually actually saying, we have just X amount of time and we have to cover all the sports. It is hard for us to balance those. So that's where again, where a platform like the Striker Texas comes in and is able to deliver a hundred percent of our time and our space to soccer. So there is there's there's no losing on that. Yeah. Well, we are excited to be a part of that, and we're excited to um, you know help cover the sport uh, here in the state that we call home. Or uh, eventually, I'll get that logo or that uh, <laughs> that that tagline down. Uh, I'll have to get John to train me or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're super, super excited to be from henceforth that the Dallas soccer show presented by the striker, Texas. Um, Roberto, thanks so much for joining us, taking time out of your day to kind of give us, give us the lay of the land here and help us celebrate. Yeah, no, we, we, we I think we really, we really have to celebrate if we're a, a, a passionate about uh, soccer, we have to celebrate, you know, now, uh, having this whole structure helping each other and working together, right? I think I think one of the biggest benefits that this podcast is going to have, being part of the Striker Texas, is being able to use the structure of the other other cities and the other reporters that we have and the connection that we have, and bring that even uh, 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 even higher quality of product and content than you had before. Uh, uh, so. I think this is going to be a, a good a good marriage. Uh, like I said, I think it's going to be a win 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 for everybody, especially for for the listeners and for the FC Dallas supporters. Uh, and like like our tagline of the striker says, not the one that John says. Uh, John's <laughs> the official one. The sport that we the sport that we love in the state that we call home. That's John's phrase, which. He, like I said, I love it, but our, our tagline is the striker Texas where every day is a soccer news day, right? So we don't have to battle. Uh, it doesn't have to be a great, absolutely amazing news to get space. If it's a soccer news, it's going to be on the striker Texas. So I know follow us, be with us on our social media, become a subscriber. And more than that, bring everybody in, you know, the stronger that we are able to create this community, the stronger I think, you know, we can we can be in more content, better content. We're going to be able to deliver to, to to the to the to the fans and to the to the soccer community. So uh, I invite all the all the listeners to you know go into our website, sign up, and invite your neighbors, your friends to also sign up for the Striker Texas. Awesome, absolutely. All right, stay tuned after the break. We'll go through the off-season transactions, run through the preseason schedule, and then even further down, stay tuned for Andre Zanata. All right, so we're back from break, and Roz has got the breakdown of some transactions. We were ins and outs, and some people just stayed, which typically happens. But he's going to take us through all the ins and outs of this offseason. So if you just woke up and you haven't been following FC Dallas at all. Yeah, to, to, to catch all of you listeners up, uh, 
there's there has been you know, a number of different offseason changes uh, to walk to walk you through. I'm going to start with the defense. So um, looking defensively, we knew that there was a couple of changes at the end of the year where that were going to happen. So Brian Reynolds, uh, his uh, rumored exodus finally did happen uh, during the offseason. Uh, and also uh, Rito Ziegler's contract was coming to an end. And we kind of saw uh, the signs before the season ended that it, he was going to be moving on, even though that hadn't been officially announced just by uh, seeing him on the bench for the last couple of games. Probably the only other notable big change on the, 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 the back line was actually Colin Montgomery, who was – traded to Minnesota United. I know that a lot of you guys uh, may not be familiar for if you haven't seen him play for NTSC, um, but it, he was what many thought would be an up and coming kind of center back for FC Dallas could potentially fill as a, as a, as a third center back option for, uh, for the club. Uh, they did not end up keeping him. And as I said, they ended up trading him over to, to Minnesota United. Uh, Brisson and, uh, and Felipe. So, uh, Felipe, who was the, uh, the goaltender who was on loan last year, the loan has been extended for this year. So the FC Dallas will hopefully get a chance to actually test him out and determine, you know, whether or not he's going to be a good fit for the club. A couple of other, uh, probably on the, on the decents, the big addition, uh, was, uh, Jose and Tony Anthony, uh, Martinez. Uh, yeah, I'm going to, this is the easiest of the new additions. And here I am just, you know, you're, messing you're it pulling up, a Dustin on that pronunciation. All right. Jose Ant- Antonio Martinez. Uh, he is, uh, was a TAM signing. Uh, he played for, uh, uh, Spain's top league club. Uh, he appeared in, in, in 56 matches for Granada, um, over the last two seasons. Uh, you, the word on him is he's, you know, uh, a good defender. He does like to have the ball and actually move forward. So I think he's going to be uh, a good fit in Lucci's kind of possession-based system. Uh, from a midfield perspective, largely unchanged. Uh, probably the the biggest thing is Paxton coming back. So uh, I know we're we're all excited to see Paxton back from injury. Uh, I know that uh, even today uh, we've seen that. Uh, uh, some some rumors. We know he didn't get a chance to play in the the preseason match, the first preseason match. We do think that he'll get an opportunity potentially in the second preseason match. So you know, with Paxton coming back, you know, Wait. sorry, not to interrupt, but yep, are you saying Paxton might be hurt? Yeah, he got. I know. It's, is that is that week. amazing, Tristan? Oh. Bummer. Yeah, the the official word is that he suffered a setback last week and that he's was held out was a, game for precautions. I mean, I, I I'm being sarcastic. I know. Yeah, I'm just uh, saying. <laughs> unfortunately, the, the the setbacks for Paxton have continued, but I mean, there's there's no indication that this is going to be a, a serious setback. I think the uh, the word from Lucci earlier today in the in the press conference was that uh, his expectation is he's going to be playing again in in one of the upcoming matches over the next week. So, uh, you're not soccer moms of Dallas. The the blonde mane of Paxton Pomacow will be on the field. Is what you're saying. Exactly. This was specifically directed to the soccer moms who listen to this podcast. Thank you for listening. I think Dustin's interviewed at least two soccer moms to this podcast. So you I mean, know, those were actually technically soccer player moms, even right? 
Yeah, yeah it works for me. Three, actually. Uh, and the, I'd say probably the biggest area of change uh, for those of you guys who have been sleeping during the offseason uh, was uh, FC Dallas uh, releasing kind of their top three wingers uh, with uh, Fafa Pico, uh, Michael Barrios, and, and Santiago Mascara all leaving uh, during the offseason. Uh, there are some new players who've, who've come in to start to fill some of those gaps. Uh, so we've got uh, Hader O'Brien, who's a, a Colombian. Uh, he has spent the last two years with the uh, Colombian First Division. Uh, he scored 24 goals over those two seasons, uh, which you know, is is a positive thing. We do know that of those 24 goals, nine were PK. So uh, something we'll have to keep an eye on when he joins FC Dallas, if it's going to be uh, uh, him continuing to do PKs or if we're going to uh, let the uh, Franco Hara take over that now that Ziegler has gone. Uh, a couple of other uh, additions to, to the, to the wingers. Uh, one was uh, Khalid uh, El Makar, who's coming from, uh, he's played in the USL league two side uh, reading United AC for the last couple of seasons. Uh, he had his homegrown rights were owned by Philadelphia union. FC Dallas actually had to pay $50,000 to Philadelphia union to buy his rights and bring him in as a player. Uh, he is one to watch, but obviously uh, he's not played at this level. So he's played at the USL league two level, not played uh, with MLS. Uh, so to me, we're seeing him come in as a potential you know, substitute or potentially somebody that's going to play probably more in NTSC than uh, with the FC Dallas first team. So Jonathan, would yes, you Tristan. say that the, Martinez is going to be the person who makes the biggest impact or will it be probably one of the two wingers from South America? I think it, I think it's Martinez. It's going to be the, the, the biggest impact to the, to the club. Well, um, I guess it depends on how you think about it, Tristan, because uh, the, the difference between the positions is uh, it, we have Brisson on FC Dallas, right? Brisson's available and I think in the last couple of games for FC Dallas, he, he did show that he was capable of holding down that starting spot. So, you know, there's less of a gap at center back than there is at winger now. So I think FC Dallas has more of a need at that position. So from, from that perspective, right, uh, somebody like Hodera could have a bigger impact overall. Um, but my expectation is uh, we're going to see uh, that you – know, probably a more steady play um, coming from, from Jose than from any of the new wingers. Yeah. I think, I think it'll take a, a few games for the wingers to really get their feet. I mean, Dante Sealy really comes on strong last year and it makes some, when he's on, he, he definitely makes a spark. So um, he, he might get some early looks and, and delay that impact, but I, I've, I watched some clips of Vargas and feel like he'll mesh well with the system. And then uh, oh, Yadir is, that guy is like, first of all, we have to have a resident under five foot seven player at all times, I think at FC Dallas. And so with Barrios going, it was imperative that we get out there and find somebody under five foot seven. And they did. And he got and, bonus I mean, points for having a Mohawk too. Oh, uh, well, there you go. And that works because 
That's what Barrios would do. But he does. He gets into the spaces behind defenders. He is very much like, and he's in his fifth season as a professional at only 22, which is pretty remarkable for for any player in any league, really. But yeah, he, he definitely lit it up down in the Colombian first division. Yeah, and I think he, he's actually 25 now. If he was 22, that'd be even more impressive. I believe but, he is. Yeah, I think so. So, so, so Vargas, Vargas is, is 20. Yeah. Well, yeah. oh, whoops, the other way around, flipped it around. There you go. <laughs> My bad. Yep. Um, but still, very impressive. I mean, he looked really good in some of the highlights. I know they're highlights, and you can only tell so much, but the Colombian League's not a bad league, but it is kind of a two horse race every year. So, Yep. Lots of new faces. We'll learn more about them uh, and we'll probably be able to speak more intelligently about them after we talk to Andre and after we see them uh, maybe in person and in the preseason, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Tristan, why don't you walk us through what the preseason is going to look like and, and what the schedule looks like going into the 2021 MLS season? Yeah. So the preseason just kicked off this past weekend, uh, weekend ago, or two weeks ago, they did a little inter intra squad uh, scrimmage. Um, but m- one of the big takeaways was the reliance on the wings. They've got a lot of players out uh, because of Olympic duties. Um, basically the entire U23 team is just FC Dallas for the United States because that's how good we are. And so they've took a lot of our team. Um, but the people that have subbed in from the Academy and from North Texas SC um, kind of, kind of give you an idea of like an A team versus a B team um, in, in Lucci's mind, at least. And uh, they ended up uh, playing Oklahoma city energy, which is a, I think it's a USL team that is, I mean, they've given us some, some, we've played them before in open cups and, and other preseason scrimmages and they've put up a fight, but FC Dallas looked pretty comfortable from, from all reports. It was kind of slap open slash close to you could see it, but you kind of had to know what you were looking for um, to, to, to get there. Cause it was at Toyota stadium or at the soccer center behind the stadium, but behind the nets um, on the fence. But there was a lot of winger play. Uh, there was already talk of the, the draftee uh, El Mekdar getting in there and, and setting up for a goal. Then I think the uh, biggest takeaway is going to be that they're expecting to, to utilize um, Paxton on the wings is kind of what we got from some of the interviews. I read an interview this morning from Khalil Amekdar that said that he was um, hoping to fight for his spot against Paxton specifically on the wing. So that in and of itself is, is an interesting development, I think, because Paxton is traditionally thought of as somebody that runs the middle and brings on some energy, but we don't really think of him as winger type energy. Um, so that'll be an interesting battle to see in terms of positioning. Uh, they, they've got a match against Austin Bolt coming up here in a couple of days, this a uh, couple of days after this, this week. And then they're keeping it local doing uh, the other Texas based teams with matches against San Antonio, Austin and the Houston Dynamo. In La um, I was going to let you say that instead yeah. of me. Cause um, or yeah. as they say in Oklahoma, La Copita. Right. Um, and so that Dustin's from Oklahoma for the new listeners. Um, 
But that is the rundown in terms of that. I think one of the things to look for when you're watching FC Dallas is that Lucci is somebody who doesn't really hide a lot. Um, whenever he has these friendlies, he really does play favored 11, so to speak, in terms of a, a 11A and 11B. So if you want to see who the kind of get an idea of what the first team backline is going to look like, what the first team uh, up starting 11 will look like, watch these matches and look for who he puts with some of the stronger players, um, free kicks and penalties, dead ball situations are, are, are an open box this year, right? We don't have Reto anymore, man. Um, Reto has moved on to uh, colder pastures and much higher elevation back home in Switzerland. So um, we're going to need somebody that has that dead ball skill uh, that, that Reto brought. I don't know who's going to be that, but we'll need to look and see. I'm sure uh, Ricarte may offer some answers on some of those dead balls, um, but there's going to be opportunity for players to impress, especially with the, there's so many, there's the Olympics going on and then World Cup qualifiers that some of these players who are still involved with the national team are really going to be pushing for minutes uh, in a year ahead of the World Cup. You look at a guy like Acosta, he's going to really want to be making the most of his time. So that's what I'd look for. Another big thing to look for is, hey, it's Austin FC. New team, new team in the state. MLS adds a new team. And and we're, I think it's good for all things Texas in terms of rising tide lifts all boats. It'll be fun to see, man. That stadium looks awesome. There's a lot of passion about the team. So um, hopefully we can kick their butts and make them kind of, enjoy having a new team, but maybe just doesn't win very much. So that's the hope at least. Yeah. And that, that Austin FC game is going to be the first match for fans to, to officially go and watch. Um, so if, if, if you're interested in, in, in seeing FC Dallas in person, uh, I think it's on a Wednesday uh, afternoon at four o'clock uh, coming up. So April 7th, April 7th. All right. And it all leads up to opening day. Uh, our home opener is April 17th against Colorado, the return of Mikey Barrios. Uh, Mohawk versus Mohawk, short Colombian versus short Colombian uh, is how they're building this fight. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see all y'all there. Um, we're, we're going, you know, it's a fight. It's a fight, Tristan. You're going to have a, a fight card, right? A billing. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to head to break, and when we come back, we'll have the technical director of FC Dallas, Andre Zanuda. All right, welcome back. Um, we are now joined by the technical director of FC Dallas, Andre Zanuda. How's it going, Andre? All good. It's a pleasure and uh, very happy to be here sharing this moments and and talking about soccer with you guys so always good uh we're we're really glad you joined us uh i know most people want us to kind of like run through some of the players and we'll get to that but i want to take a step back and talk kind of about you and what your job is at fc dallas um you're listed as the technical director uh and then i think marco is the director of soccer operations tell us a little bit about like what is what does technical director mean to you uh, actually, I'm the I'm the chief soccer officer of FC Dallas. Each club has one CSO, so the MLS calls me as the CSO of FC Dallas. So each club has one CSO. 
some clubs, the CSO is also the head coach, like Peter Vermees and Sporting KC and Bruce Arena in New England. Uh, other than that, all the other clubs, they have uh, their uh, separate, what well, the head coach and, 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 the, and it could be general manager, it could be uh, vice president of soccer operations or vice president of uh, soccer sporting director. So there are different uh, titles for the role. Uh, but in general, I oversee the, the, every, every stage in, in, in the soccer department of FC Dallas, uh, especially the technical side. So, uh, dealing with, uh, with, uh, with contract negotiations, bringing new players, uh, the, the, the everything like it's, it's tough to, it, because it's, it's more of managing, managing people, uh, and overall my role. Uh, so I take care if, like, if there is an equipment that we need for the, for the athletic trainers, they can talk to me or, or Marco, Marco is more in charge of the daily of the, the needs of the, the, each different department. Uh, but, but he's like, he, we, we, we help each other in, in almost everything, uh, that we can do together. So, uh, and obviously we're focused on, 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 on the main thing is the, the first team. Uh, to make sure everything is, is smooth and and the coaching staff players they can be focused on on training and games so we we take care of uh, logistics we take care of uh, as i said like nutrition uh equipments so everything that can be uh, organized and 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 be well set for for so they can do the what what they need to do there so, so I know one of the most interesting things uh, that, that people think about when they're thinking about someone in your role is it is the scouting side. So can you tell me a little bit about, I guess, from an FC Dallas perspective, um, you know, what does what does the scouting organization look like? Um, you know, do you have dedicated people in specific regions or you know, just, I guess, tell us a little bit about how you find out about and, and find out about and rate players. Yeah, this is something that really fascinates me that. Uh, uh, I, well, for my background and, and, and in Brazil, there are many different, uh, uh, rules and, 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 and some specificities. That's a difficult, difficult word for, for a foreigner, uh, that, that, uh, in, in different countries, but here in the U S you have the homegrown territory, you have, uh, some other things, the discovery list that. You need to be aware of uh, when you're scouting, but uh, in general, like when when I got here, there was something that I want I really wanted to improve is our scouting department. When when I saw it, uh, so the first year in 2019, uh, I this uh, was one of my main focus was to organize the scouting, and I think scouting is key for the success of uh, of a team uh, in 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 any league in the world. So, uh, it's, it's trying to find this, the talent, uh, and, and, and this is one big difference from where, what I was used to in Brazil and coming to the U S in Brazil, uh, working for Grêmio Santos, we're more focused on South American players in general. Uh, it's really difficult for you to bring, a uh, European player to play in South America or, uh, an Asian player, African player. To adapt in, in in Brazil and Argentina, it's not as as easy as it is in the U.S. The quality of life here, uh, in general, is much better, and the players 
they like to come here. So it when when I came here, I was I, I had much more uh, uh, such a greater variety of options of players to bring from anywhere. They can they can they can fit in the in the MLS. You can you see African players, uh, South American players, Asian players, Eastern Europe players that they they played well here. So this was something in my mind. I started studying more uh, the profile of players that were successful here in the league and uh, checking the markets. And obviously, some markets are more expensive than other markets that can so trying to get a, a, a scenario of other regions that I'm, I was not very used to scout at. So we have, so I hired three scouts. They, they are two in South America, which I think South America is still the, the best place that we can find talent in the MLS. I think the number of South American players in the MLS says uh, it, it all. I was I, I was doing this research during the off season, and now I think I, I updated recently. We have I think we have forty three or forty four Argentinians, twenty six Colombians, twenty three Brazilians, uh, and then I have Uruguayans, Paraguayans, Venezuelans. Venezuelans I think are fifteen, uh, the fourth one. So uh, so we have two there. They are divided in in regions. So one more focus on 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 Colombia, Ecuador, Venezuela, Peru. And the other Brazil, Argentina, uh, Paraguay, Uruguay, and Chile. Uh, and also, I hired a scout in in Eastern Europe. Uh, although he's he's not based in Eastern Europe, he's based in Israel. Uh, but he he was obviously the the pandemic is always we we have always to do a parenthesis here. But uh, he was constantly traveling. He has a very he was a scout in another club there. So he has a very good knowledge of the the Eastern Europe uh, leagues, uh, and uh, and and from my relationship working in 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 clubs, uh, the other places, it's not that we're not interested. It's just it's the first step. I made a plan of uh, a three, five, eight years plan for the scouting department, how I want to keep growing this department. And, uh, and, and, and the other regions that we don't have a scout there per se, we just, uh, I, I just the relationship with, uh, sporting directors with agents. So, and then I can, I can explain to you the process that we have with the scouting each scout, or we have, uh, uh, Jesus Vera, he's assistant coach to Lucci and he also, uh, helps with the, the scouting department. We have Christian Ospina. This he's he's focused on scouting for the second team for North Texas and and and, and the academy as well. And we have Francisco Molina and other uh, guys that we have in the country that we uh, we also uh, are trying to find talents. So those guys, especially for the first team, they send me reports, uh, scouting reports about each player. Uh, every game they watch a player or they they find an interesting player they send me reports i discuss with them those players and we filter uh, in in every position right now at this moment that we already have finished uh the signing for at least for this this beginning of the season or our window is still until june but uh so we're just checking players and we 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 constantly discussing uh, and, and filtering the options that we feel would fit our, our team. 
And then if like we did, we I started this for this season, I started it around late August, September with our scouts just to getting options for the positions that I knew already we would target for the 2021 season. And then I start sharing with the, I, I, when I, I choose usually five of the top players that we find in each uh, position that we would target for, for, for the season. And I share with the coaching staff. And uh, so we start doing our ranking or who's our plan A, plan B, plan C. And we have many, many meetings uh, to discuss. And we disagree sometimes. It's not, it's not rare when we disagree on this should be our plan A, this should be our plan B. But we always leave the, the meetings with a consensus. Okay, let's go for, for this player. This is the, our top choice for this position. If it doesn't work, this one is, well, I think we think can fit. So it's just being very brief. This is pretty much what we do in our scouting in FC Dallas right now. So, so you did mention one thing that I'll be remiss if I don't uh, question about was just you did say that at least for this period for this window, you're not necessarily looking for somebody else's. Are you I mean, obviously, you'd be opportunistic, but is there anybody, any any key signings you're looking at to fill uh, before the June window closes? Uh, not really. I, I, we pretty much signed uh, all the players that we we, we we wanted to bring for this season. Uh, there will be another one that we will announce. It's already done. It's uh, just uh, uh, some some details that are that we are waiting to to announce. Uh, but at this moment, it's pretty much done. I, I don't think we're gonna bring anyone else. We have uh, we have uh, a, a few players that are doing preseason with uh, with the first team uh, from our academy and from and and and, and Nicky Hernandez that uh, that we drafted. So uh, those guys, uh, we, we, we hope to have a final decision very soon to, to announce them. So Andre, um, the, the academy is kind of a nice plus coming to FC Dallas. I mean, if you, you have your scouts across the, the continents, but then you also have your scouts in your backyard because there's such a depth of talent in the academy. Um, have, you, have you found in that process when you're looking and you're listing guys that you're looking at across the globe, does anybody ever, is there, is Lucci or somebody from the Academy ever saying, Hey, we also have this 17 year old kid that's been playing up for, for two years that might, uh, is there a, is there sometimes a push and pull there? How, how do the, how does the Academy factor into that scouting? That's a very good question. And we, it, and definitely, yes. Uh, it always depends on the profile of the player that we're, we're trying, we want to bring. Sometimes we want a more experienced player for a position, or but but if we are looking for a depth option, someone that we feel just uh, to have more options in, in our roster for Lucci, uh, we obviously we we always consider and we have we 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 had those this kind of discussions when we like hey we're bringing the like what about this player this player he is he better or than than our player like he's let's say four or five years older than our play. He's still young, but we have an 03, an 04 that if we develop, like he, he, if we leave him, if we have him training with the first team, he might improve. And, 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 and at this age in four years from now, he, he might be in a higher level than this, this other guy. So, uh, we, we've had those, this discussions, uh, quite a lot. 
and uh, and and it's in our DNA. So uh, we always want to have uh, our academy players. We want to. We always want to make sure that we have a very strong pathway from the academy to the first team, and the players that. Uh, are in our academy, they believe they can reach the first team and they will have opportunities to, 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 to compete and, 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 and to play. So, uh, so yes, this is, this is a constant discussion we have. On that, um, you're working for a first time head coach. He doesn't come to a club with his guys necessarily. Whereas in Brazil, the turnover in a head coach is worse than at like a McDonald's cashier. Um, <laughs> So how has that been? Have you been able to kind of coach Lucci through this too? And he's kind of telling you about the U.S. factors that you have to pay attention to with the college game and the clubs and the homegrown territory when you and you're kind of coming over about what about this guy that I remember from back at like Brisson, for instance, stuff like that. Uh, I'm going to use that, that McDonald's thing you know, when, I, when I say because it's, it's, really, it's really like that. So uh, just to say the average time that a coach in the first division reserves four to five months. So the average, so that's, uh, so working with Luchi, it's, it's, it, it really, uh, helps my job a lot. Uh, he's great guy. He's, he works a lot. He works really hard and, and he likes this scouting part when we're checking players and Luchi has a very good knowledge of the players we have in our academy, not only Luchi, Peter and Mikey, uh, he's assistant. They they were all from our academy, so they know really well who are the next players coming, much more than I do. Uh, and uh, and 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 so they always bring. So Lucci, he he in in a certain way he has his guys, as you said, because many of those players that are in the first team now they they at some point they were with Lucci in in the academy years. So. Uh, Luch is very open and, and also the coaching staff when, when I bring a player or, or Chewy or any, any, anyone that participates in our scouting meetings and, and our, our scouts. And, uh, when they suggest the player, uh, like we are all very open to analyze this player compared with the other options that we have and then, um, and see what's the best for the team and, and, and in, 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 in if if this is a economic viable for us, if we financially we can afford to bring this player, and if we can, we have these two options. Uh, who's going to be a better fit the way we play? So uh, Tiago was one of them that we discussed. Uh, Felipe that worked with me in Gremio. So and 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 I can mention quite a few players here that we was uh, I suggested the name. Luci suggested was uh our scout so it it it, it, it's, it this is really really easy to work with the coaching staff that i that i have in fc dallas right now well we're kind of on the topic of homegrowns and the scouting and development side uh we did have a listener question kind of regarding homegrowns in general and they were a little bit interested about uh any other upcoming opportunities for homegrowns to either go abroad or possibly be sold or um, kind of referencing that Justin Shea to Bayern and then Brandon out to um, Europe. But then also some internal uh, stuff that either you, Lucci, or any other coach that are um, excited about. They're kind of curious about any um, uh, any exciting homegrown news that might be coming out pretty soon. 
Yeah, it's it's possible. Uh, it's something I I I I well I feel some of the 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 homegrown players that we have in our team. Uh, some of them already experienced. They 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 played with North Texas one two years. Uh, they some of them already had just uh, an opportunity to be with. Um, uh, with, uh, with, uh, with the USL championship team, or they had some minutes with the, with, uh, with the first team. And, but I think for, for me, I think the, the, the FC Dallas brand now and, and, and how we're growing and how we want to build, uh, this, this to be known as, as, as the best academy in the West and, and constantly be providing top talents to anywhere. Uh, I think it's important to allow these players to have an experience where the top leagues are. That's in Europe, so it doesn't necessarily needs to be in 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 the top leagues. But I think like Brendan playing in the first division in Austria with uh, a lot of scouts from a- everywhere, they're they're watching those games, and uh, and and Belgium is like that, Holland is like that, uh, Portugal, Denmark. So there are many other leagues. They are heavily scouted by top teams. And not only, but for me, the most important thing is to give them an experience that will make them mature, will make them grow as person, as players. And uh, and they will come back uh, certainly better than, than when they left with, with uh, the amount of information, the amount of different training, different culture they will... They will gather in, in during this time they are abroad. So, uh, and besides that, we have such an amazing partner that uh, they are like not. Obviously, we don't need to say anything about Bayern. Just but on what I can say in the in the in, in what we in the conversations I have with them, they're like we in in a year so it's such a difficult year with the lockdown and with all those difficulties that we have in Europe they were open to host I think it was six or seven players that we we sent uh earlier this year uh and and all of them they they are so happy with the experience to to be part of just to spend some time uh in Bayern and uh and one of them uh and I can tell you that they 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 could stay with more players, so we had we had to say, "Hey, Bayern, hold on, we we need them here as well." So, uh, but but Justin Che, considering that the league is is starting in 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 April, and uh, we have like Justin with the players that we have, obviously, you never know in soccer, anything can happen. He could be amazing in preseason and be started in the for game one, but that's not what uh, would look like, and so we. We thought let's let's allow Justin to have this opportunity to be in Bayern, uh, have this, and and he's, I think this first time he's away from his family, just living on his own. So it's gonna be so good for him, for him personally, and obviously they they were Bayern was very high on him, uh, the quality of training that. So uh, you can you guys can expect more more of that uh, coming coming soon. Awesome. You had 
a really busy offseason with lots of roster turnover, a lot of veterans moving on, bringing in some some new pieces. Uh, if you'll allow us, can we run through some of the new pieces and then kind of talk a little bit about why, um, like what you what you brought them in for, what what they bring to the table? Yep. Sure. Awesome. Uh, well, let's start in the back with uh, Jose Martinez. Jose Martinez. So this was uh, a player that we targeted a while ago, uh, and uh, we we were getting ready. We knew uh, Reto was contract was was about to end, and uh, we felt um, in discussions with the coaching staff that we wanted to uh, bring a younger uh, player. Uh, more, uh, if you if you look at Jose Jose Martinez's uh, career, um, coming from the Barcelona B and playing Sevilla, playing Granada, uh, he he's very much the similar style. He played in the similar style that Lucci likes to play, and uh, so we we saw him playing in Granada. Uh, we we really liked him, but. Uh, it's we we knew it was not to convince any Spanish guy that is already playing in first division to hey you're 27 and you still have many good years to play in in in, in, in one of the top leagues in the world like to convince him to come to the MLS so it was really we presented him a project and uh, we 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 had a Zoom with him uh, me Luci and Peter Peter. I always like to to use him because Peter is uh, great. Like he had such a successful career, played in in Atletico Madrid, and he can say on a player perspective and a successful player perspective, how is it to move from Europe coming to the MLS? Uh, so it makes a, a a very good difference when 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 you speak to players and try to convince him to come. And Jose was like, we felt in the conversation how. Like he was surprised with uh, what we were telling him and how much we knew about him, and uh, and and we felt right in the moment when we had we had the first Zoom call with him, the excitement that, and after we hang up, I I told Lucian like this guy wants to come, I'm sure he wants to come, <laughs> and uh, and it was fun because then then he's we kind of like we started the negotiations game and his agent was like and then and then like. I was clear and, and he was messaging Lucci and said, yeah, I want to go coach. I want to go. So, uh, in the end it was great. It was great. And I think he's, he's already showing not only on the field, but off the field. He's an amazing guy. Very cool. Uh, let's move up the field. Uh, we'll, let's talk about Freddie Vargas. What did, uh, you see in him? So, uh, so this is the, the winger side is <laughs> like, I think we need another half an hour to talk about the winger. <laughs> so the decisions, that was very tough decisions to let uh, Mikey, to let Fafa go, especially those two. Uh, and, and Santi, Santi also was one that, that we didn't option, we, we didn't exercise the option, but Mikey and, 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 and Mikey, we exercised the option and Fafa, he had another guaranteed year. So uh, we felt that the wing position we needed to improve. Uh, we we wanted to. Uh, the idea was not initially was uh, not to trade uh, Mikey and Fafa. Was initially was one of them, uh, but and 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 we obviously were looking at many players. We wanted to bring one. Uh, 
just not not young with experience like Hader O'Brien. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just jump ahead here on uh, I know the next question, but uh, uh, one one player that we we felt uh, he's we needed a winger that would score more goals, and Hader was this guy. He had two amazing seasons in Colombia. Uh, playing in not in, in in one of the top clubs there, and he scored 27 goals in two seasons, being a winger. And uh, we needed more presence in the box, and that he has that a lot. Um, besides the the speed that we we wanted someone to replace Mikey with with more goal scoring instinct. So uh, and 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 on on the other side, we wanted a young one, a younger one that could play on both sides that had more uh freddy vargas is more technical he can he has very good serve he has very good finishing and would be a project that we believed and this was when when i mentioned in the last question in the the previous question about who brings players and and chewy knew him well from 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 uh from venezuela chewy was already following uh, Freddie, uh, for, for a while. And, uh, and he's been really one of the, the greatest surprises, not surprises, but like he's, he adapted really quickly in, in preseason and, and he's showing already that just, a, a few weeks that we have, and, and still integrating, still understanding the concepts for the coaches and understanding his teammates. And he's already showing a lot of good things. So, Freddie Vargas, I think he's gonna he's gonna make our, our fans very happy. Very cool. I think one one last one I was curious about was uh, Khalil El Medkar. Um, can you talk about bringing him in this this off season? Sure. Uh, so Khalil, the whole the whole point of we we had the twenty first pick in the draft, I, I believe twenty first or twenty second, based on the on how we finished the season. Uh, so we had a pick that we knew we would not be able to get the, the top players. And uh, and that that's what I like in, in our club, that it's all integrated and uh, we all try to help to make the the, the, the club better and, and we have better players. So Marco Ferruzzi and Eric Quill, the second team head coach, they went to the Combine in Kansas City. And they came back and said, "Wow, we we there is a winger there, a Khalil Medkar. Uh, he's from Philadelphia Academy. Like, if we can sign him, it's great." And I love those challenges. And and for like and and then we started watching more, uh, and and getting reports and and the coaching staff uh, digging into him a lot. Uh, and we felt, well, this is this could be our our if we had the Top top five uh, draft picks. I think we this would be the guy. So uh, reach out to Philly. I know Philly has this. They they usually don't they 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 don't pick any 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 player from the draft and from college. So uh, I reach out to to Ernest uh, the the CSO of Philly, and we negotiated. We're very happy to to bring Khalil. And he's already scoring in preseason, so very nice goal, by the way. Yeah, 
I think Jonathan has one last question. Yeah, well, well, Andre, you, you'd mentioned uh, kind of the, making the, the the tough decision around, you know, Fafa and, and Mikey. I guess, can you can you talk a little bit about that? I know that, I mean, Fafa, obviously, I mean, he he left uh, before Barrios did. Um, and, and, at, and at that point, I think some some of us who followed the club weren't as surprised to see Fafa and Santi go. Uh, but I think many people were a bit surprised to see uh, Mikey go as well, especially at that point when we hadn't really brought in any uh, FC Dallas hadn't signed any new players. I guess can you talk a little bit about that that decision, and then and then I guess how that how the team compares uh, this year, where uh, you know you. you you have lost some experienced people, uh, but now you've brought in, you know, uh, Hodder, who has proven. Um, but outside of that, you you don't have a lot of proven wings. Um, yeah. So, so starting with uh, Fafa was Fafa. It's he's he's such a great guy. He was fantastic for a locker room. But as I mentioned before, we had like we had to decide. We for initially we wanted to to trade one of them. Uh, Mikey, I tried to, to, I, I offered a new contract for Mikey around September. Uh, I think it was sometime in September. I had many conversations with his agent. We could not find an agreement. Um, and Mikey was going for his last year. This was his last year in the contract. And, uh, and we knew it would be tough to, to resign him. Uh, based on those conversations that we had, and uh, and we felt if 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 there was any offer at this moment, and and we had already, even though it's obviously is risky when you trade players without actually having the players, but the negotiations I w- I had I, I had to feel the 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 temperature there to how how the other negotiations were going, and I I really felt that we would we would at least sign. Uh, those two wingers and 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 maybe there will be another one soon. <laughs> uh, so we uh, so we f- we felt that we th- there was a good offer for for Fafa. We decided to trade him, even though it was was uh, our biggest rival, uh, but was was something that we we needed to do at that point. And then, with all those circumstances uh, regarding Mikey, uh, we also we also decided to let him go and try to bring all new uh, new faces for the wing position. Was as I said, was really tough. We like had so many discussions with the coaching staff, with owners, uh, explaining them what the reasons uh, and 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 comparing the players that we were trying to sign and 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 those players that were. About to leave, there's always a risk. Obviously, when 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 you sign new players, they sometimes they take time to adapt. Uh, sometimes they take time to fit in the the club, the the players. As I said before, uh, and 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 Mikey Fafa were already very well integrated. Mikey has been in the club for for a long time, but uh, we felt was the 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 right move to make, and uh, we were excited about bringing those those new players. As you said, uh, uh, we have. Hader with a very good record in in in, in Colombia. Freddy Vargas. Uh, we we have Khalil that is obviously uh, coming from college is a big jump. Uh, we have Dante now after having some time, and I feel Dante can can step up and 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 have more opportunities this season. 
And uh, as I said, uh, there there might be another surprise soon for our fans, and and I think we'll be we'll Lucci will have very very good options in the wing for this season, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll we're we're our attacking will be will be improved with those guys and scoring more goals than we did last year. Well, now I'm intrigued. Uh, so I guess we'll wait and see. Uh, Andre, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate you giving us some time tonight. Um, good luck this season. Thank you very much. Uh, it was appreciated uh, spending this time. It was was quick. When the conversation is good, it's it goes by fast. So uh, thank you for for allowing me the, the show here. And uh, and uh, I'm available if you guys need anything in the future. Uh, I'm always happy to participate here. Gentlemen, I think that's about it for us. Uh, Andre Zanata, thank you so much for joining us. Roberto Silva, uh, thank you very much for joining us as well. Uh, we are now, like I said, Dallas Soccer Show presented by The Striker Texas. Uh, so you can find us at dallassoccershow.com still, but now we also will have a presence at thestrikertexas.com. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.